Welcome to All About HR. I'm your host, Tom Horn, and I'm on a journey to learn about all things HR. I'm documenting my conversations with thought leaders, HR professionals, and real employees about everything from recruiting, workplace of the future, benefits, you name it. We're all about HR. Let's go. Welcome back to All About HR. This is actually a special episode for me. It's episode number 20. It's a mini milestone. I was just on HR half hour, uh, social hour, and I think they're at 340. But I am super excited to be at episode 20. That's a big one for me. We're just over a year, and I couldn't be more excited for our guest today. Steve Brown is joining us. He's the chief people officer of La Rosa's Pizza, author of HR on Purpose and HR Rising, speaker, creator of the HR Net, llama master of HR, and the best, most caring networker I have ever met. Steve, welcome to hey. All About HR. Hi, Tom. This is great. I'm so glad to be with you. Yeah, it, it's a pleasure. It's the community that you help build and that you're so active in is the exact reason I'm here doing this podcast. I just, there were so many amazing people and I just wanted to learn and I just kept learning from these conversations. I said, let's put this, let's put this on the air and see if uh, maybe the audience can learn along with me. So genuine thank you. I wouldn't be here without you. Uh, That's very kind of you. Thanks. That's just, I'm just excited to finally see you. Although I know we're only on audio, I can see you and hear you. That's very cool. Yeah, this is awesome. Uh, I can't see the, oh, I can see the lava lamps oh, yeah. over, over your right shoulder. I, uh, I went to a boarding school in New Jersey. Uh, I was the financial aid kid at boarding school, uh, you know, for the record, but, uh, I had a pretty extensive lava lamp collection. So I just got my son one last year. My daughter's about to get her first uh, for Christmas this year. So I'm a huge lava lamp guy, uh, as well. I don't know if, I don't know if I've shared that. No, I think that's wonderful. I think everyone should have one. They keep you calm. They keep you mellow. It's just a good thing to have around. Yeah, I, I find I just, I, I'm looking over and it just, it's just, you don't even realize you're looking at it until you've been looking at it. It's one of those kind of things. Yeah, very cool. So first question for all of our guests, what are you listening to right now? Is it podcasts? Is it music? What are you listening to most often these days? Music. I have music on constantly. Uh, I'll listen to some podcasts and some talk radio uh, just to kind of break up my commute. But a lot of my commute when I'm driving is uh, I call friends. I'll call you and say, hey, so I'm listening to people. You know, I'm listening to people first and foremost. But then music. Music is just kind of a fabric with me all the time. Yeah, you do a really great job of sharing your music, uh, your music collection. And I think in the hot sauce, we'll find out what some of the uh, the hot, hot tracks are for you. My biggest question is, you've written books. You're a chief people officer. You're a speaker. You're, you show up to all these different podcasts. I see you on all the different Twitter chats, whether it's from the UK or from the Netherlands or from the US. How do you do it all? And I, and I mean that like broadly, but also I, you have to have some best practices for time management because I'm starting to add and I'm already underwater and I'm not even a third of the way to where you're at. I've never been a believer in time management. I think you have to allocate your time, how you choose to use your time. You own it. It's your time to have and use and be with. And things matter to me. So making time for conversations like this matter. Making time for conversations at work matter. Uh, Calling people on on the way home to commute uh, just to check in and see how people are doing. I've never been good with people who just want you to exist. 
Right. There's life going on. I'd love to say, how are the kids? How's you, do they like their lava lamps? How'd that go? Knowing that about you matters, and not enough people check in to do that. So, doing my job is about people. Doing my speaking is about people. Writing about our profession is about people. And I know it sounds redundant, and a lot of people go, oh, you know, someone can't be that people-oriented. I was just starting Ted Lasso. Everybody's been telling me, watch Ted Lasso. You you, you should just like it. This is crazy. <laughs> and uh, one of the... In one of the episodes, not to be a killer of the show, his uh, he and his, his marriage falls apart because he said, my wife thinks I'm too optimistic. Hmm. And I go, oh, yes. And my wife looks over at me and goes, yes. I said, wait, are we getting divorced? No. Uh, but, you know, <laughs> good. You know, genuine optimism just isn't there in a lot of people. It, it, you know, people want to think that it's wrong. They think that it's a show, that it's fake. I am a genuine people person. One of the few I know, because most people aren't. They say they are, but when I see their behavior or see how they act or see how they uh, interact with others, it's not consistent. I try to be there for other people. Yeah, and it, it, the consistency shows. So let's get like, where does this come from? If I go back to first grade, Steve Brown, you know, learning to read and write in the class with the kids. Was it that way, or is it something you grew into? Is it just who you are? Is it something you learned about the world? I, I learned know? it pri- primarily from my mom and dad. I grew up in a very small town in northwest Ohio, Ada, Ohio, home of the NFL football. And oh, wow. uh, at, in Ada, it's honestly Mayberry. It's just stuck. And you know everybody. You knew everybody walking uptown. You knew everybody in school. You knew everybody that was in church. It didn't matter where you were at. You knew everybody. And then that carried on when I went to college. Uh, I used to, my friends hated walking to class with me because I would walk to class and say hi to almost every single person on the way by name uh, just because I think it's important that people get to know each other by name. And so some of it is natural. Some of it's a yearning to really uh, know that people are seen and heard. Uh, primary, I did this long before the I need to be seen, I need to be heard, and I need to be valued. You're like, right. no kidding. This yeah. is the, this is not new. It's just now now it's now it's we're awake and oh my gosh, it's so different. Uh, it's been missing, and so I just really enjoy doing it. Yeah, that's that, that's beautiful. I mean, that's that's the way it should be. So as as you were going through college, I didn't realize I was going to get into the Steve Brown history here, but you know, it's just kind of leading me here. But as you're going through college and you've got this predisposition, you care about people, did you decide HR or how did you get to HR from that story? Uh, I went into school uh, as a chemistry, chemical engineer, because it's supposed to make the most money. And uh, I was very good at science and math. Very, very good. And then that lasted one quarter. Uh, this was before semesters. And then the second quarter, I took chemistry, and I took that for two quarters. And then, you know, after being the valedictorian in my high school, I was one grade away from failing college. And I went home, and my mom said, why in the world aren't you in a field that deals with people? And I said, why? She goes, don't you see what you do? You work in the dorms. You're active at your church. You're in, you know, this group, this group, this group. All you do is people. Find a job that does that. And I went, oh, okay. You know, she wasn't that harsh, but she's very nice. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, but then I uh, took an interviewing class at OU, 
And uh, in the interviewing class, at the end of the class, you were supposed to vote who was the interviewer and who was the interviewee. And I was chosen to interview myself. <laughs> and I was like, there's a sign right there. That's a good one. Uh, so I went into recruiting. You know, I didn't know. It wasn't HR. I am so old, Tom, doggone it. You know, I'm in the personnel days. Uh, but it was, you know, people-oriented, tried recruiting and grew from there. Oh, yeah, that's it. It always goes back to mom, right? It always comes back. You know, it's that's how I, my career. I, I was in college. I was like, Mom, I have no clue what I want to do. I went to the business school. I almost failed out of the business school the first year, and I went, Oh my god, this is hard. Economics and accounting. This up, like I can't do this. She's like, Yes, you can do this. Yes, you can focus. I was like, I don't want to be an accountant. She's like, There's a hospitality school. You need to go into hospitality. All you try to do is make people's day better. Make a career out of that. So that's what I did. So uh, very very similar story. That's cool. And it is nice. It's funny. When we hear athletes uh, give credit to their mothers, they're like, oh, isn't that nice? Tons of us wouldn't be where we are without our mothers. Yeah, she she was by far the most influential person in my life. Number two is my older sister. So huh. uh, I, I'm blessed to have been surrounded by these just like two incredibly phenomenal uh, women. That's great. I got to give a shout out to my little sister because she is also <laughs> awesome. And I'm probably closer with her right now than anybody at all anyways. So I got to give a shout out to the whole uh, whole crew now. Uh, make sure everyone's, uh, everyone's feeling the love from Tommy here. And I'm Tommy at home, by the way. So That's very nice. To, I'm good. Feel free, you know, we're family now. Feel free to Tommy me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's on now. <laughs> so, you know, it's show season. We're talking about all these awesome things you're doing. And I would imagine one of your favorite things in the world is going out to shows because you get to see people and connect with people that you may know from Twitter, may know from 10 years ago at shows. You know, uh, what's your favorite thing? And we're going to dig into some of the some of the details of being out on the show. Sorry. Like, what's your favorite thing about going to shows other than just connecting with the people? Helping people think differently. I, I was just at New York Sherm. Great conference. My goodness, really enjoyed it. They've been asking for years, and I finally was able to get it on my schedule and their schedule. What was telling, though, Tom, is in the sessions I listened to prior to being able to give a session myself is Mm -hmm. how stuck people still are, how traditional people still want to be in HR when it's moving light years ahead of them. And I'm concerned that my peers are holding on to these old things that haven't been valid in decades. And they're not trying to press the envelope. So... My favorite thing is getting people to think differently. I am not a prescriptive speaker. I'm a storyteller. So I'll tell you stories and give you ideas and give you examples, but it's really up to you as the attendee to say, how can I apply that and what I do? If I'm in hospitality, it's different than if I'm in manufacturing or if I'm in professional services or you know, pick an industry. Absolutely. So I get a little angst when I hear people go, here's the four things, because here's what's funny. If there was one model, why do we keep having models? And he's just like, oh, one model, I'm out. But yeah, Yes, we've discovered the only four things in 2022 after centuries of business. Right. And then the other thing I love doing is destroying catchphrases. I just drives me crazy, this whole great resignation, quiet quitting. I mean, it's like, let's find the most alarmist term ever and slap it into HR, and now we have value. It's it's 
it's sad to me. I want to see us thrive. I want to see us lead. I want to have people understand that there's someone that believes in what they do and who they are. So when I get a chance to be on stage, that's where I try and focus. That's fantastic. So when you're out speaking this year, you know, you're focusing in that area, but like, Let's go a layer deeper. Like, what do you really like? What are some of the things you're trying to do? Or what are actually give me one of your favorite stories that you tell on stage? You're a storyteller. I won't ask some uh, nuts and bolts question, but would you mind sharing one of your favorite oh, stories? Not at all. This is the presentation I did at National. I'm doing it now. Uh, my wife and I went to uh, Houston and spoke at Perry Homes, got to speak to their HR team. It was fantastic. And uh, what we've learned is when I travel to these places, I love going with my wife because she's been so patient with me for years. And so when we're there, we're like, so what should we do now that we're in Houston? And we ask the people who live there. And you will hear stories that you've never heard. Go to this barbecue joint. Go to this store. Go to this museum. And they'll tell you all these things. And sometimes they affirm what's online. But a lot of times they just tell you things you never would have seen. So we're having a great time. We're ready to go. We come around the corner of where we were speaking, where I was speaking, and here's the Embassy Suites Hotel. As my wife are pulling our luggage through the lobby, this person behind the desk says, Hello! Welcome to my hotel! And I'm like, oh, Who's this? <laughs> and my, and my wife's like, Oh no. It was like, Ah! <laughs> So I went over and she says, my name's Yolanda. I'm so glad. Are you here to check in? Well, of course we were. But we're like, well, yes, we are. We were just astonished. I'm so glad. Let me tell you a little bit about the hotel and we'll get your room all set up. She was phenomenal. At the end of taking care of us, she said, I will be here all week. If there's anything you need, you come see me. And I went, okay. And this, we'll see if that's true. Mm-hmm. The rest of the week... Whenever Debbie and I walked through the lobby, Yolanda would say, Hello, Mr. and Mrs. Brown. How are you doing? How's my how's your stay so far in my hotel? And I'm like, uh, can I just talk to you a bunch? At the end of our trip, I needed to print out our boarding pass because somehow it wasn't getting on my phone, and it was just weird. So I went down to the business area. At the business area, you know, the computers didn't work. The printer didn't work. And I walked over. I said, Yolanda. She goes, Hi, Mr. Brown right there and she says I said here's what's happening she goes come use my printer I said am I allowed to use your printer she goes we'll make an exception come on let's break the rules (laughs) I said all right I said you know me I'll break the rules I said can I check people in she says no you can't check people in Uh, (laughs) but you know I thought I'd try since you're behind the desk so we printed my printed my stuff she took care of us and she says you know I've been doing this for 20 years I love what I do. I love my job, and I love taking care of the people that come here. And the whole point of the story is, why isn't our job like Yolanda's? Why aren't we the people who go, welcome to my... Because it's mine, and and they see myself in it. I told the story, and it was a great opening. In the audience in New Orleans, somebody gets up afterwards, pulls me aside, and I'm very fortunate. A lot of times when I speak, people stand up later and we talk. I hear their stories. And she says, hey, did you stay at the Embassy Suites? Because I didn't give the name of the hotel. Did you stay at the Embassy Suites in in Houston? I said, yeah. Why? She goes, I work with Yolanda. I go, what? Oh my gosh. 
And she says, so while you're talking, we're tweeting her and talking to her and texting her and telling her how amazing this. Here's this guy telling thousands of people about you. And last week, she sent me a picture. Jen sent me a picture of her and Yolanda. Wow. That is fantastic. That is why I speak right there. Man, that's I'm really glad I asked that question. That is a <laughs> story. <laughs> I mean, especially being a hotel guy myself, too. Like, that's that's it. And you're right. That absolutely is applicable to uh, human resources, people, work, workplace, any job, any role, anything you do that's applicable. So that's that's fantastic. So that kind of leads me to, like, why – why aren't we further along with just that piece? I get the systems and I get the, it's a business and we need to have money and everything has to flow through and budgets. And I like, I, you know, I'm not a, like, I get the world, but it seems like just welcoming people, you know, like Chick-fil-A, they're killing it in a lot of ways at hospitality because they say, thank you. And please. And how are you today? Like, how is that not permeated more? And I think human resources is a perfect gateway for that to come into the workplace and spread. Why do you think that hasn't happened more often? We keep looking at the human component separate from the business component. It never has been, but we treat it that way. All of the human component things in business, and I know this is a generalization, are problem-oriented. Hey, Tom, I need to talk to you about Dave. Uh, you You just hear the tone go down and the anger go up and the flames start burning. And so the majority, vast majority of people interactions are focused on problems instead of expecting performance through their people. So Yolanda is a great example. The Chick-fil-A people are great examples of they go, this is what we do in order for you to be a part of our business. It's not separate. Too many yes. companies say, well, peop- HR is over here. My rule, I always say, is if you hear the term, I have to go to HR, you're not part of the company. Because ah, I love that. You're not inside the company. You exist if I need you, when I need you, or things are on fire, instead of saying, I work with HR all the time. HR has also allowed itself to be on the outside and go, doggone it, cut it out. I don't want to be on the outside. Eh, instead of saying, I'm done with this. And I'm getting inside and integrating what we do. Yeah, that's that's fantastic. I mean, as I came up in hospitality, I was never in HR. I was always around HR. But I always loved HR. And to me, I'd always say, oh, I got to do this documentation. Or I need this. I'm going to go to HR and have them check it out. They're like, no, no, you're fine. You don't need to. And I was like, no, no, I, like, I want them to. Like, I value them. They're great. They help me. And, and that's part of the reason why I'm here today is just I was able to see that. And as a manager, I tried to bring them in. You know, when I worked in the fitness industry, mm. I spent 10 years with a director of HR that had no interest <laughs> or, or not no interest. She was fantastic. No ability to do anything in the company. The company was just, you do your thing. And I built this relationship with her and pulled her out of the HR office and corporate. I'm like, get down here to my club right now. Let's do a walkthrough. Let's go to lunch. Let's have people see you. And I I did it because I wanted to see her and I saw the benefit. And sure enough, she started getting out and around to a lot more clubs. I'm not going to take credit for it, but I think she realized, oh, wait a minute. There's things I can and can't do in my role in the culture of this company. Sure. There's a lot of things I can do despite some of the lapses in giving HR a seat at the table. And she's still there. And 
I'll talk to people and I'm like, hey, you ever see Terry in the clubs? They're like, oh yeah. And I was like, yes, that's great. That's so, wonderful. You know, I, uh, I, I love your story, but I, like, it's just so humanizing. And it's, it seems so easy, right? Like it, it seems so easy. I, I think we try and make things programs, initiatives, and systems instead of saying, I'm going to give you the t- opportunity and the latitude to do what you just said. That's all you did for her. Hey, you know what? You know what matters? I'm going to open this door for you because I want you here. And watch what happens. We're like, well, so what's that initiative? And what are we going to call it? And let's have a tchotchke that matches it. <laughs> no. Just open How doors. How do we name that? <laughs> yeah, let's get another acronym. That'll be awesome. <laughs> We can call them lobby lizards. They, they would say that. I was like, no, no, we're not calling people lobby lizards. Just <laughs> stand out in the dang lobby and talk to people because you want to talk to people. Oh, like, why do we call them lobby lizards? Yeah, like, that, that's, that's a total a- hotel club term. It's just, it's the worst. <laughs> that's a whole different HR is- issue. Oh, yeah. oh, the, oh, the lobby lizards. Uh-oh. Better write that one down. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to be called a lizard either. That's right. <laughs> A llama is acceptable. Llamas are good. Llamas are good. (laughs) Llamas are good. I literally saw some llamas driving from my sister's farm in Parker about 30 minutes from me. And my my daughter goes, llama! And I immediately thought of you. That's awesome. Not to come back to the llama. Actually, yes, to come back to the llama. To kind of ease out of the talk. You have a llama that comes to every show with you? Is that... That correct? I saw somebody's oh. child gave it to what, what was that story? I, I remember seeing it. I loved it. Tina Marie Wolfield came to see. I came and I spoke at the Toledo Sherm chapter, and her son came. And afterwards, he's just a sweet little kid. He's here like this. I said, I will take this, Brent, to everywhere I go. And I do. It's going to go with me next week to Sandusky, or this week to Sandusky for Ohio Sherm. I took it to Austin. I'm taking it, I took it to New York. If somebody's that caring to do something that meaningful, my goodness, well, that's you're packing it and having it be another uh, accompaniment in my show. That's easy. That is that, that. So is that where the llama started? Oh no, no, no. Okay, I thought it was there beforehand. <laughs> Are we allowed to talk about where the llama oh, sure. started? <laughs> years years ago, uh, Trish McFarland, who does the Hey Jar Happy Hour. Yeah, yeah, I love Trish. Uh, Trish and I just started talking randomly, and she says, "You know, llamas." And we, it just stuck. And I said, you know, it really fits. For me, the, the reason llamas are so critical to HR is they're friendly enough that you want to pet them, but if you take them off, they'll spit on you. So I just like it. That's, a, that's good HR, you know. Being a little prickly is okay as an HR person. We, we tend to be way too nice. You're kind of like, oh, I'm going to lure you in with my fur and then mash, get you. Uh, and so it's just a fun thing to rally around. Uh, there are so many things, Tom that people are just looking for that connection. So if a llama is going to do it, or lava lamps, or toys, or you name it, uh, just so people enjoy who they are and what they do, it's great. So now, I mean, people send me llamas. Uh, My wife's like, what are you doing? I have llamas all over my house. Uh, So if if it connects you and makes you feel a part of what we do is meaningful, I'm in. That's all. I'm glad I asked. This is, so far, I'm having the best time on this. I'm going to take a quick pause. We're going to jump in, uh, and then we'll be right back. All right. It is time for the HR Hot Sauce. Steve, are you ready? I am. What is the best job you have ever had? The job I have now. I mean, I can't say that enough. I have the executive job and the HR job that people dream of. So it's, it's the role I've been in. That's my favorite answer. What's one phrase at work that drives you nuts? On the same page. Oh, God. I just can't handle it. 
Because it's not. It's it's whoever has the most authority in the room. It's their page. Do you like working on rainy or sunny days? Rainy days. Because sunny days are awesome. But rainy days, you can be contemplative and reflective. People kind of mellow out a little more on rainy days. How can someone make your day at work, Steve? Not do a shotgun drive-by hot hello. Say hello and stop and see how I'm doing. Or allow me to do that as well. Uh, I hate people that just go by you. It just drives me nuts. What's your favorite song to bring you out of a funk? Vertigo by U2 and Thunderstruck by ACDC. What's your best useless skill? (laughs) 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 That's great. My best useless skill. Uh, Boy, I think I probably have to ask my wife that. uh, uh, Oh, my best useless skill is when I write a song parody every week for the HR net. You know, people go, so how do you do that? I, said, I just hear music and go, oh, and I got to write a rhyme. So I just do yeah, it. Yeah, they're solid. Finally, medium, mild, hot, or nuclear? Medium. Medium. I love it. All right, Steve, you're off the HR hot sauce, hot seat. Let's get back to the show. All right, we're back. That was a fantastic llama discussion. Uh, I want to keep we, – we talked a lot about hospitality. We both are in the hospitality area. I ran restaurants. Um, I ended up closing down a chain that I was a CEO and co-owner of right before COVID hit, um, which put me right back into HR technology, which is where I'm at today. So it was the best – at the time, it was the worst experience of my life. I laid off 110 people in person. Oh. It was horrible. Oh. In hindsight, it was the best. Best thing we could have done because I was able to give them paycheck and give them notice and do it on terms. And if we had waited, COVID would have not allowed us that. Uh, it would have caught up to us. So it was extremely hard, but it led me to here. So, you know, every door closed, another one opens. But you're in hospitality. You have a team of deskless workers for the most part. I mean, when I was running a restaurant, I remember my office as a general manager was in a single stall bathroom with the toilet removed and my desk put in like that was it Uh, like flickering lights until two in the morning doing schedules so i have the utmost respect for the hospitality worker and you have you were lucky enough to be the chief people officer for an organization that has all these people serving communities how do you connect to that team? How do you lead that group of people in your role? It was interesting when I joined here, and I've been here 15 years, which is the longest I've been at wow. any job. When I joined, many of my HR peers go, oh, hospitality, restaurants, oh, you know, that's rough. I'm like, why is it rough? Oh, the people and the schedules and no one's reliable. And it's just not true. Uh, You're here. The people we have are the salt of the earth. And, you know, it's funny. Uh, at the beginning of the pandemic, we were, quote, essential because we fed you. And now that we've been into it for several years, it's back to normal. And they're invisible and not as essential, which is just an absolute mistake. I've been able to do HR in the restaurant industry because I have a great team Julie, Shauna and Rebecca they're amazing they're just without them I wouldn't be able to do what I do I wouldn't be able to be on here with you Uh, at the same time we take care of our people one person at a time I've never believed in collective HR everything fits everybody because it just takes it's funny 
We want to say everything it fits everybody, but let's be diverse and let's be inclusive and let's do belonging, but it fits everybody. You go, wait, what? Huh? What? So my thing is Tom for Tom, Julie for Julie, Shauna for Shauna, Dave for Dave. Pick a name. If I take care of you as a person, the whole will work. The company was kind enough to let me try this out. And now we've been at it, you know, 15 years. Wow. Uh, so it, it works. Uh, value the people for who they are and value them for what they do. And so similar to your fitness story, I go to stores all the time. I go at different shifts. I meet people where they're at and what they're doing. I go and buy their food uh, so that they can show the artists that they are. I mean, just really giving people merit because if they take care of me as a fellow team member, then I know they're going to take care of our guests. If they take care of our guests, I get to keep a job. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it, one of the other things that I always look at with hospitality is if you want to test what Steve is talking about, call anybody at any restaurant or counter by the name on their name tag. Just say their name. Say, hey, John, how you doing today? You will see them light up. You will see them open up and talk to you. You will see just the service, like, even if they give great service to everyone, there's just that extra little bit of sparkle. And it, to me, it never proves wrong. It just shows how they're all just individuals. It's not just this person taking my order or this person that's going to clean uh, my tray. No matter what the role is, try it out. Say, use people's names. When you're checking out the grocery store, use people's names. Treat them like people. And you will see, I, I've never worked with a with better groups of teams than when I worked in the restaurants. And a lot of them were, oh, this, this team's too hard to deal with. You just go in and talk to them like people. And then you treat them like people. I've never been able to form teams easier because the hospitality people, they're there for some reason to, to create an experience. Yeah, I think it's, it's great advice, Tom, because too often we're focusing on what they do versus who they are. If we focus on who they are, okay, they care, they'll do the what they do easy. They know that already. But focusing on who they are that's what differentiates any company. I would do that if you're in engineering. I go, hey, Tom, how's it going? How's that drawing going today? Man, way to kill it. Yeah. Because they're not hearing that. Yes. Uh, it, it's a shame. It, it's not hard to do. It's hard to be willing to do it. The action I love is that easy. differentiation. It's the action is easy. Willingness is what's missing. I would say the difference between being good and great is a millimeter that's a mile wide. That's that's exactly that's exactly what you just described. I, I, I love it. You know, incidentally, from hospitality, you know who does that better than what celebrity does that better than any celebrity I've ever met. I've met this gentleman probably a hundred times, uh, but Shaquille O'Neal, when oh, he yeah. every I, he's come to three of the hotels I've worked at, three of the restaurants, and he was a member of one of my clubs in LA. I was like. At one point, he's like, are you stalking me? I was like, no. <laughs> we, we just have good taste in places to be, I guess. But every single time he would go in, he knew everyone's name, called him by Ooh. name. Just this kindest, nicest guy. And guess who got the best service of anybody on the entire planet? Shaquille O'Neal. Yeah. Red carpet, freebie, everything, even when it didn't have to be, just because everybody appreciated it. And it was, I mean, it was consistent. It wasn't just a good mood check, a bad mood check, or heavy, like high end, low end, everywhere. Same person, and it all just came down to using people's names. It was incredible. That's wonderful. So 
I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of land this. We're 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 getting close. I, I I would prefer to talk to you all day, but my guess is you prefer to go back to your you know wife and family. Uh, <laughs> maybe chat with a couple sometimes. of folks yeah, around be good. at some point here. But I feel like you're you're the perfect person to ask this uh, question. What is the biggest untruth of HR today? The biggest untruth is that HR isn't people oriented. It just it blows my mind that we have to tell each other, hey, be a people person. HR people have a heart like no other. We keep treating everything like soft skills when they're business skills. Empathy is a business skill. Listening is a business skill. Uh, Confrontation is a business skill. Uh, Creativity. All of these things, when we say hard skills matter, soft skills don't, you can't do one effing hard skill without all of the effing soft skills. (laughs) Ooh. Can we get that on a t-shirt that's wearing around the show or something? So, I mean, it's just amazing. You know, hey, be nice to people. No, that's a soft skill. I mean, come on. <laughs> uh, the, the biggest untruth, the uh, uh, second biggest untruth is HR people can't lead. I, I have the job that can prove it wrong every day. So, And it's not because I'm a CPO. It's because I chose to lead from where I'm at. I happen to be a CPO now. But I did this before I got the title. So I think HR people can and should lead. Lead in the role you're in, not for the title you want. Right. I, I don't think we can do better than that. Steve, it's been an absolute pleasure. This is so much fun. I will come and see you at a show. I will show up one time and tell you one of my other stories. And I can't wait to hear more of your other stories. That's great. Tom, hospitality people have the best stories, period. We cannot be beat. So I'd love to hear them. We could probably just have a podcast on hospitality stories. <laughs> now you got my gears turning. We'll save that for next time. Steve, thank you very much. Everyone out there listening, really appreciate you tuning in. I learned all about HR today. Hope you got something out of it as well. We'll see you next time. Thanks again, Steve. Take care. Understand, engage, inspire, and retain your people like never before. People Elements Employee Experience and Engagement Solution delivers powerful intelligence, giving you the confidence to act. To learn how you can gain a better understanding of your employees, please visit us at peopleelement.com. 